0: A story that happened this morning. I got here about ten o'clock. We pulled up alongside the curb out here. Rachel and I are just, you know, just turned off the car and just getting ready to get out of the car. And the phone rings, and it's Pastor Dave. And he says, uh, uh, "Steve, just wanted to to confirm that you're speaking this morning." I said, "Dave, is it today?" <laughs> I said, "I was thinking it was next week." And he's he's like um, yeah, it was today. And I'm looking out the window, and he just walked out the front door, and the expression on his face was priceless. Just great. Sorry, Dave, that I had just enjoyed on your behalf. I mean, enjoyed your pain. Momentary. I walked up to him as he's talking. I walk up, and he turns around and goes, oh! It is great to be here. How many would agree that our world is a mess? Hey, you look at the newspaper headlines and whether it's uh, protests, whether it's um, world conflicts, Korea, Iran, I mean, you start pointing the finger at the map and it's, it's all over the place. Our world is a mess. And the bad news is it's not going to get any better. I know some of you thought that, you know, four years of President Trump and it was going to be all just everyone should be at peace. No, see, the scripture says it's going to get worse and worse as the end comes. So it doesn't matter who's in office. It's going to get worse and worse. And then Jesus comes and he fixes it. So, you know, the good news is Jesus is coming really, really soon. The bad news is we're still here and we have to endure some of this stuff. But even in that, there's good news because Jesus said, I will never leave you or forsake you I am with you always, even to the ends of the earth. doesn't matter where you go. You can never get away from his. You can never get away from his love. You can never get away from his promises that are absolute and they are unlimited as far as time and space and all of that. He is going to be with us. He's going to give us the strength that we need for every situation. Now, I know that every one of us have our own set of of difficulties, our own challenges. I know that everyone's is different, and you might not know mine, and I don't know yours. But God knows all of our situations. This is the, the incredible thing about God is that he looks at each one of us individually, not as this big collective body and say, yeah, they got problems. And you know, that's kind of the way we pray. We, we joke at our table, we'll pray for the food, and, and if you want, want to uh, get people going, you start praying for missionaries and pray by individual names, okay? Start naming all the missionaries. And Rachel grew up in a missions family, and I grew up in a pastor's family. We know a lot of missionaries, so the whole family's together. Lord bless this food, and by the way, Lord bless and and we start naming individual missionaries, the country where they are, the ministry that, and, and just keep going on. And I'm you know about five minutes into the prayer. Okay, 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 we got it. But God knows each one of us individually. He knows what we're going through. He knows the challenges. And to you, my challenges might might you know you'd say, well, what's What's with that? I mean, that's just ordinary day. No, it's a challenge for me. And vice versa, I might look at one of your challenges and say, well, oh, I could do that in my sleep. Probably not. But you get the idea that that God sees exactly what you're going through. And he's got an answer. He says, I'm with you. And I'm going to help you take care of that situation. See, sometimes we, we forget the fact that Jesus grew up in a very difficult time in world history. If you look at the, the, the geopolitical situation, Israel was, they had been taken over by Rome. The Roman army was at every barracks, on every you know, every city, in every city, they they had a military presence. They had invaded Israel, taken it over, and still let the Jews kind of pretend to run the show. But they couldn't go too far. They had to ask permission to do anything you know really extravagant. It was Rome, and Rome ruled with an iron fist. I mean, you you cross Rome. You ended up on a cross. They punished with capital punishment. Somebody tries to form an insurrection and take over a city or something and the Roman soldiers come in and they slice and dice. I mean, they didn't mess around. This is Rome. You don't, you don't do that. And so it was in this kind of political situation that Jesus was raised, do you remember that there was fear that Jesus at his birth might be the king of kings and the ruler at that time sent his army into Bethlehem and killed all of the infants under, under, like two years old, slaughtered them. That's Rome. You don't mess around with Rome. So when we look at our world situation, remember that Jesus was born into a very difficult world situation. And finally, at the time when Jesus was born, they lived under Roman occupation, uh, The Roman Empire, very powerful, very corrupt, very cruel. Rome even appointed who was going to be the high priest. Some people didn't realize that. It was a a situation It created political, economic, and social unrest and distrust. Nobody trusted. So into that turmoil, Jesus instructs his followers with this verse. Matthew chapter 6. Verse twenty-five, and I am not going to put it up on a screen. I want you to listen, listen real close. And if you want to look it up on your device or you've got your Bible with you, Matthew chapter six, verse twenty-five. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. Oh, I am so glad he said that. I don't have to worry now. None of us have to worry the rest of this our lives. I mean, because he said that. But listen to what he says. I'm being a little sarcastic. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. Let your heavenly, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they And can any of you, by worrying, why do you worry about to your life? And he goes on and he says, and and why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow, they do not labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon, Solomon, the wealthiest king who ever lived, Solomon, in all his splendor, was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes, clothes the grass, of the field which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire will he not much more clothe you you of little faith so do not worry saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear for the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them but seek first his kingdom this, this is a powerful, powerful verse. Could be a life verse. Seek first his kingdom and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So don't worry. God will take care of it. There's another verse that I want to read to you. You know, there's like 365 times in all of the Bible that, that it says, don't worry, fear not. Let not your heart be troubled. I mean, you know, those kind of verses, 300, wait a minute, 365. There's one for every day of the year. Coincidence? I don't think so. I think God, you know, you know, repetition is the best way to, to teach. It's the best way for us to learn. We hear it again and again and again. The scripture says, don't worry. Now, anybody here, no, no I won't ask you to raise your hand. Anybody here that without raising your hand, you just kind of say, yeah, that's me. I, I tend to get a little bit consumed with worry about what will happen. You know who you are. I mean, all of us do to a certain extent. And some, maybe a little bit more. I had a grandmother who was, she worried about everything. I mean, my wrist hurts. Oh, it's probably cancer. Oh. <laughs> she died at, I, I don't know how old she was. She was in her 80s. Uh, not that if you're in your 80s, you're ready to die. I'm, I'm just I'm just saying... <laughs> she lived past the three score and you know she, she Jesus says don't worry there's another verse I want to read one, one last verse John 14 and you'll, you'll understand the context of this as I read it John 14, beginning with verse one. It's, it's where Jesus talks about in, in heaven there's there's mansions waiting for you. Listen to it. Here's what it says. The first verse. Let not your heart be troubled. Now I I, I fixate on that verse. Let not your heart be troubled. That's one of the three sixty-five. Don't worry. In in fact, I think if, if we, you know, we use some of the vernacular that we use today, it would be kind of like, don't worry. And God says, just kind of in parentheses, I've got this. Don't worry. I'm going to take care of it. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. This is Jesus. These are, these are words in red in your Bible. The words of Jesus himself. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in my Father. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. Everybody, just take a deep breath. God's got this. Don't worry. He's prepared a place in heaven for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there ye may be also. Now, we know that Jesus is in heaven, seated at the right hand of his father right now. And we know from the scripture that he's prepared a place for you and I to go and join them in heaven. But right now, it hasn't happened yet. So in that in-between time, Jesus is giving us some encouragement, saying, hey, don't worry. Yes, I know that, that and, and yes, I know that, I, that. Rachel and I have, a, have four, three daughters and three son-in-laws now and five grandchildren, by the way. If you want pictures, I do have some later. Um, that you know, when I was young I thought that was just so corny that grandparents carry around pictures of their grandkids just wait so we've got three daughters, our oldest daughter is married to an army helicopter pilot they've, they've had the last four years in Seoul, Korea so you can imagine all this stuff going on with Kim Jong, Kim Jong Il that uh, that well, maybe that was. It's it's just it's scary. That situation is so volatile. And for all of our military troops that are stationed, Lord Jesus, protect them. Our world is a mess. But the word is not just to us here in the United States of America. This is a universal promise. He says, don't worry. I've got this. To those that are on the front lines facing facing insurmountable, I mean, nuclear weapons, Jesus' words are still powerful. He says, don't worry. I've got this. I'm going to take care of you. I've already prepared a place for you. I will receive you to myself, and where I am, there you will be also. There was an old chorus that when, when I you was, know, there was a, a grandpa in the church, and uh, you know, as I look back, he was probably younger than I am now. But boy, he was old back then. And uh, Grandpa Wahlberg, he he would, every Wednesday night we'd have, we'd have a, a service, and, and that was when we had Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and sometimes Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I mean, you know, just we had we like church all the time. And uh, Grandpa Wahlberg would, would ask for a special song to be played. It was a common thing for people to do that. Remember that, Dave? Oh, yeah. You're really that old? Uh, my, my dad is old. Your dad. Your <laughs> dad remembered it. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, but they'd have testimony services where people get up and say, you know, God really helped me through this. And I just want to give God all the glory. And then and then they, they would say, and, and can we play play this chorus? And they'd sing this chorus. And here was the chorus that Herb Wahlberg Sr. always, every, and, and so i imprinted in my mind here it is my home is in heaven just waiting for me and when I get there how happy I'll be my home is in heaven where the rent is free <laughs> for Jesus paid it On Calvary. It's just burned into my mind, but it's also burned into my heart because it's a promise. My home is not here on this earth. I know that we live in it now, but this isn't our residence eternally because Jesus has prepared a place for us, and he's telling us today, don't worry, I've got this. I will take care of it. I think of, of different, and I could, I could tell you stories all day long from the scriptures about where, where this promise is really just so evident. One of them would be Daniel in the lion's den. You, you, know, you, you look at the, the scriptures and, and all the way through the Old Testament, there's just these, these mountain-type experiences that people had. Daniel was a godly man. He prayed four times a day and, and he, he, would, he would humble himself before God. He was living in an ungodly empire and the, the king was a wicked guy and yet Daniel was standing solid in his faith in God. And because of that, uh, there were some people that got jealous of the fact that the king listened to his advice because he had really good advice. And uh, so they kind of worked some legislation through that sounded good to the king, and he put his stamp on it. And it was that if anyone prays to anyone other than this graven image that these guys made of the king, that they should be thrown into the pit with lions in it. And this wasn't just, this wasn't a zoo cage. These animals were not fed unless it was someone who was being punished, and they'd throw that person in there, and these lions, ravenous, they would just tear the person to... In fact, well, I won't get too graphic. Daniel got thrown into the lion's den. And in the middle of the lion's den, as he stands there, which was a miracle, and the lions all around him, I believe that he either heard an audible voice or he had that confirmation in his heart, don't worry, I've got this. He's in there all night long with these lions, and the next day the king comes and takes the cover off the pit and calls down there and says, Daniel, wait a minute, wait a minute. The king yelled into a pit? Where lions, hungry lions were, where they had just thrown Daniel, and he has enough faith to call out, Daniel, are you still alive? And Daniel says, Don't worry, king. My God has sent angels to close the the mouths of the lions. I'm doing fine. Don't worry whatever the situation. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Same era. In fact, they were, they were very close friends with Daniel. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And the same kind of scenario. There's this big image built up, and, and you know the trumpets are blown. said Everybody's got to bow down to this big graven image. It's a statue of the king. Got to, got to humble yourself before this, because this king is like a god. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego says, no, we can't do that. Because we know that he isn't God. We worship the one true God. And we've given him our promise that we would never worship any other God. So, you know, no. Respectfully, no. Well, the respectfully part wasn't enough. And they were thrown into a furnace that had been heated up way beyond the ordinary. In fact, the, the soldiers that threw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into the fire ended up dying because they got too close to the flames. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are in the middle of the flames. And I, you know, I'd like to see one of those instant replays of, of this whole scene maybe, you know, people say maybe when we get to heaven, we'll see some of that stuff. It probably won't matter by then. But if, if it does, I would really like to be there with you and we'd watch it together. Because it, it would be an incredible scene. Because right in the middle of all of this fire and heat, here's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego standing in the fire. fire is so hot, it burns their ropes, but it doesn't even singe their clothes. When they finally came out, their hair didn't smell like smoke, their clothes didn't smell like smoke. But while they're still in the fire, I believe in fact, the scripture says that there was an image of a fourth man in the fire the king he's looking looking through the little hole, looking into the furnace, trying to not get burned himself and he calls out to his men, he says, Hey, didn't we just throw three men into the fire? They said, Yes. He said, Then why is it that I'm seeing four people and they're alive and well and walking around in the middle of the fire? And the image, his words, not mine, the image of the fourth one is like the Son of God. I don't know if he had a special glow. I don't know. In the fire? But the king recognized something different. And, and here's, here's, it comes back to this verse in John 14. I believe that as Jesus, pre-incarnate, that Jesus was there in the middle of the fire with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And he's whispering to him, don't worry, guys. I got now, every one of these stories, that, and you can go on and on and on, telling about stories like this. Every one of them should give us a little bit more confidence that no matter what situation we're going through, that God can deliver us, and he promises that he will deliver us. He says, I'm with you. I won't leave you. I won't forsake you. You can't, you can't go anywhere on this planet, without God being there. You can't run from God and hide from God. He will be there. And he cares for you. And he says, don't worry. I'll take care of you. I'll provide for you. Sometimes we get bad news. Sometimes it's an employer coming and saying, I'm sorry, we're downsizing. Your job is done. And we go, Oh, dear God, what am I going to do? I've got a message for you. Don't worry, He's got this. We go to the doctor, some symptom, it's probably nothing. And then the doctor looks us in the eyes. And his hesitation tells us more than his words. And he starts out, I'm really sorry. And we think, well, oh dear Lord, what, what am I going to do? And God says, listen to him, because this is his word to you. Don't worry. Fear not. I am with you. I've got this. I'm going to take care of it. It doesn't matter what the situation is. It doesn't matter what your bank account says. It doesn't matter what your employer says. It doesn't matter what the doctor says. It doesn't matter what the issue is. The promise is still true. He says, you believe in God? Believe also in me. And I want you to know, you don't need to worry. Because I've got this. David, would you come on back and play something for us? You see the pattern. Disciples are on a boat in the middle of a storm, they're worried. The boat is coming real close to capsizing. The waves are breaking over the bow. Any of you have been on a, on a smaller, shallow lake? It's kind of like the Missouri River when, when you get some real winds out there. Pretty soon there can be some waves that can be pretty nasty. And the disciples looked around and, and they couldn't see any way out. And then... One of them looked over and sees somebody coming toward the boat. And they're out in the middle of the water. He thinks it's a ghost. And he screams. And then the voice of Jesus comes. He says, don't worry, guys. It's me. I've got this. Jesus steps into the boat and he looks at the wind and the waves and he says, peace, be still. And the waves flattened out. The wind stopped blowing. The God who has the control over the wind and the waves is the same God who has control over every that touches our lives and he is the one who brings the promise to you today don't worry I've got this there'd be no way I could know what your individual situation is and nobody's filled me in on anything that's going on I don't know (laughs) but I do know every one of us face storms. And if you didn't this last week, you will next week. I want you to be confident to be able to say, I don't need to worry because God is with me. He will never leave me. He will never forsake me. He will always be there. Would you stand with me? The thief on the cross next to Jesus in Luke chapter 23. One of the criminals hurled insults at Jesus, saying, Why don't you save yourself if you really are the Messiah? The other one rebuked him says, don't you even fear God? We're getting what we deserve, but this man's done nothing. Jesus looked at that one man. The man said to him, said to Jesus, remember me when you come into your reward. And Jesus said, truly I tell you today, You will be with me in paradise. I think I can summarize what he was saying. He was saying, don't worry. I've got this. That's my message for you. Don't worry. God's got this. So this week, as we leave this place today and as we go out from here, Would you take that as the promise from God's word? Would you take it and be able to to stand in those situations and just say, I know that God's with me. I'm not going to worry. He's got this. Lord Jesus, I pray now for each person here. I pray for individual situations. Lord... For that person who got that doctor's report, Lord, you know what it was. And you know it, it it just twists our insides when we think about it. But we're making a choice today to put our trust totally in you. For, for that person who has uncertainty about that business decision that's coming up and, and don't know what's going to happen with it. That contract, is it going to hold? Is it, is it going to fall apart? Is this deal going to work? Is it not going to work? Is my position of employment still going to be there in six months? I'm, I'm just not certain. We make that choice today to put our trust in you, to turn it over to you, We make the the decision. We choose today to say, Jesus, I trust you. With every area of my life, I choose to trust you. And Lord, we pray for your divine provision. You said that you would provide everything that we need according to your riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And so, Lord, we we stand in need of that supply this morning. Thank you for being big enough to take care of everything that touches our lives. We commit ourselves today to following you, to serving you, and trusting you in every area. I pray that your presence will go with us, that we'll feel that closeness to you every day. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. I pray that you have an exceptional week. Trust Jesus. He's got it. You can find us online at falls.church or by searching Facebook at facebook.com slash fallschurch.sf